What is the best piece of leadership advice that you've ever received? I remember early in my business career, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine was CEO of um, a company in the Pacific Northwest called Fred Meyer. And Fred Meyer was a retailer and two thirds of all the two thirds of the population in Portland, Oregon was in a Fred Meyer twice a month. That's how impactful they were in the industry. And he decided he would, he would uh, have lunch with me one day at my request. And I was trying to rationalize how business worked as a young man, because it seemed so cutthroat to me and that in order for me to win, somebody else had to lose. It was, it was more of a competitive thing. And, And he, he was probably the first to to input into me that the idea of good business is an expanding economy for everybody involved. And it's all around how can I help expand this thing that we're all doing together. And that obviously has stayed with, with me since then. His, uh, his name was Dale Warman, and he was a great, great mentor and friend to me. Um, can I tell you one, one other one real quick while I'm thinking mm-hmm. about mentors that gave me some good advice? Uh, another mentor of mine, Janelle and I were le- living in Burbank at the time. So I must've been, I don't know, 28. <laughs> Glenn Taylor was his name. Glenn was a mentor and he was one of those guys that to somebody who was 28, a business, young businessman, he had more money than God. And I just couldn't figure out how he got there and how it just kind of all seemed to work. And he, we were living in Burbank at the time, and and it, you couldn't go anywhere in L.A. and not where he was not known. It was he was just one of those kind of guys, right? He said to me one day, uh, he said, to Brad, how do you handle your money? And so I tried to explain it to him, and then he said, Well, uh, do you tithe? And so I tried to explain it to him, and uh, he goes, You know, I don't think you're getting the point that I'm making. Like, all right, well, make it clear to me. He says, my wife and I live on 10% and give away 90. You're struggling to get yourself into a place where you live on 90 and give away 10. He said, that's not your goal. Live on 90, give away 10. Your goal is to live on 10 and give away 90. And man, that changed everything for me. That was a huge, huge moment in my life. Live on 10, give away 90. You kind of already talked about prioritization, right? About like how you focus on on what you do. But I, I want to explain a situation that I'm starting to experience in life. And you tell me having more experience, um, why this is necessarily happening and what your tips are to deal with it. Yeah. Okay. So over the past, uh, couple like two months, there has been a massive uptick in people wanting to like do things with me. Um, in the sense of a guy asked me if, if I could help him start a construction company. Uh, another person asked if they could partner with the show in a, in 
a way I won't describe on the show. Yeah. And then there, there's been like four or five, like, and they're not necessarily all related. So they're not like all show related. They're just all of these things are coming to me from these various directions. And I, I told my wife, like, you, you know, we were talking about it yesterday and I was like, I need to, to somehow find a way to deal with this because I don't have the skill to deal with this because I've never experienced this before. And she's like, well, you're talking to Brad. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'll ask him. And, uh, so yeah. What do you, why do you think that's, that's, is it my age and my career that I've just been doing business longer? And so it's just more is coming up now or, or what? There's multiple factors to it. So one factor is, is that where you're at in the maturity of, of you as a business leader in the maturity of your business, there's a confidence and there's a equity in the brand that people naturally want to leverage for themselves. So that's, that's certainly part of it. Because when you, when you look at your trajectory and the trajectory of modern CTO and the podcast and the, the other things that you've been doing in business, it's matured to a level that there's real equity involved in that. And so they want to leverage that equity for themselves. And that's not necessarily bad. Um, that's okay. As long as the way that they're wanting to leverage the equity matches with where you're going with your company. If it's not a, a an ecosystem, then what it is is a withdrawal from you and you do enough of those and it's going to start impacting your, the equity you built. So that's one thing that just has to do with the maturity of you as a business leader, the maturity of your organization, the brand value that it has, the excellence that you've developed, all of that kind of thing. I'm going to paraphrase a proverb because I think that this has got real value to your situation as well. And it, basically it says, um, that good people have blessings in their wake. I'll give you an example of this. Uh, Janelle and I will be out to dinner someplace. And when we, when we walk into the restaurant, it's not very busy. But within 15 minutes of us being there, it's jammed. And I didn't notice this, but it seems to be a behavior wherever we go. And we were out to dinner with, if you don't mind, I'm going to get a little personal on this. We were out to dinner with John and Britt. Janelle made the comment to me, you know, it's happening again. And John said, you understand that you carry a blessing on you, which means that there's a blessing that follows you wherever you go. This is what this proverb says. And I went, huh, that's really interesting. I've I've, I realize, uh, Joel, that it's absolutely repeatable and true and measurable. And I think that you're at a place and, and you and Michelle are at a place where in your life, you guys have um, made choices to live a higher way. And the result of that is there's a attractiveness to you and to your business as a result of that. And people just want to be around that because there's an attractiveness to it. And in today's economy, in today's, uh, I'll just put it within the world, the, the business world, today, that's unusual. I don't know that people, ra like it's obvious to them that they rationalize it. 
Um, and they say, oh man, Joel's an awesome guy. He's a good man. I want to be next to him. I don't know that they're rationalizing it. I just think that there's a there's a, an attraction to you because of it. And dude, you've paid the price to get to that place in your life. And the result of that is people want to be around it. I've got a lot to think about, you know, you always do that. Every time I talk to you, I'm like, oh man, I've got so much to think about. Um, yeah, that's, I get what you're saying. And, and I'll, me personally, as I got more involved in like my community and, and my yeah. church and things like yeah. that, the the reason why is that I was attracted by the, the, the lives that those people had. And I right. was, you know, I saw the relationships that they had and how they interfaced with people. And I was like, you know, I'm a scientist, man. So I'm always looking for the thing that works. I don't, right. I, don't, <laughs> I don't really care if it works for you or not, as long as it works for me. And, uh, and, and living like that, you know, it, it wasn't like an overnight thing and it's not no. like everything's perfect, but like no. it, there was, it was like things got, they, they consistently got 3% better. Yeah. Like every month things are like 3% better. It's like, yeah. oh, that's just a little bit better. My, my relationship with my wife, you know, everything. Uh, and then being to your point of like the wake, that makes sense because when I first saw, I think this happened in Florida, like th three or four years ago, I, I started noticing some of these um, business leaders, these Christian business leaders, and they got together and they had breakfast or coffee or whatever. And I, and I was like, I, I want to, I was the youngest one in the group and I was like trying to, you know, jump in and tag along and I'd, I'd see how they would do things and, and make decisions. And I was like, it, it didn't make sense to me, but I, I sort of like stuck around. And what I realized at the time, and I know you listened to the, the life story as far as like revenue goes awesome. is you think differently at different levels of revenue. Yeah. Right. And it's fascinating because you can't, you can't think the way that you did when you had 25 grand and you were trying to start when you have 2 million and you're trying to grow, they're just like completely different mindsets. And it, it's, it's, it's finding the set of principles that you that are solid that you can build yourself upon and and those will carry you like out long term. I think that's what yeah. what I'm learning. Yeah, it's absolutely true. There's a one of my favorite books is a book called Culture of Honor. It's written by a guy by the name of Danny Silk. <clears throat> one of the things that he talks about in the Culture of Honor is uh he references what he uh, what he refers to as a poverty mindset, a middle class mindset, and a wealth mindset. His reference point, because <laughs> like you, I'm a scientist. I want data, and I want repeatable data, right? And so he references a study done by uh, Dr. Ruby Payne. It was commissioned by I want to say the Dallas Unified School District. And it was an attempt to try and understand why suburban schools are doing better than urban schools. And the rationale, the, the, con, the conventional thought was that because suburban schools have more money and that makes the difference. It's a, it's a financial attribute that changes the course. Dr. Payne came back in the report and said, no, it's not the case. It's not the quality of teacher and it's not the amount of money. It's the mindset of the community that you're serving as a school and defined um, a number of attributes that distinguish people between a poverty mindset, middle-class mindset, wealth mindset. So I'm just going to share with you one. Okay. So uh, one of the attributes was around food. And so a poverty mindset is I'm not sure where I'm going, when I'm going to eat again. And so 
uh, quantity of food is the primary concern. A middle-class mindset is, I'm not worried about the next time I'm going to eat. So the quality of the food is what matters to me. But a wealth mindset is that um, food is important, but it's secondary. It's really the experience that I have while I'm dining that matters to me. Now, dude, I remember living on the streets and not having a home to go to that night. And in that moment, (laughs) what I was going to eat or if I was going to eat is what mattered at that moment in time in my life, in my past. But what I realized was that where I was in this mindset changed the way that I view people, the way I view opportunity, the way I view money, even as something as simple as the way I view food. And for a large part of my life, uh, I would have in, in a certain area of my life, I might be carrying a poverty mindset. And that poverty mindset was restricting the, what I thought I could do in that area of my life. And a middle-class mindset says, well, if I work really hard and follow the rules, then maybe I can change the outcome of my life. And a wealth mindset says, I've actually been given an opportunity in life to do something of greater purpose and cause. If I focus on that, the rest of it kind of falls into place. And I'm going to go back now to the thing that we were talking about earlier. I think one of the things I've seen in you, Joel, uh, for as long as I've known you, is I didn't I didn't know you when you were having a poverty mindset where you're struggling, but I knew you when you were kind of middle class thinking. But I think I've seen in you a transition where you're really kind of that wealth mindset. You're you're you've said to yourself, "There's a bigger cause for me." And my purpose in life isn't to survive, it's actually to make a difference in the life of other people. And I think that's one of the reasons that people are attracted to you. Because it's true, it's obvious. 